Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. This is actually Lisa's return visit to the podcast. She's an actress, comedian. She's the host of Undercover High, which is a series that was up for an international Emmy, as well as YTV's The Zone. Relatable is funny. I think we like to see something that we know on stage. I think we like to go like, oh, I hate when that happens, or like, oh, I know exactly that type of person. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? You just kind of show up and you're a fresh face and I didn't even know who to be intimidated by. So it was easy to approach other comedians that I saw and say like, hey, can I do your show or can I do a set? We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis. I'm joining you from my studio today, and joining us via Skype from Vancouver, Canada, is our co-host, Fred Keating. Also joining us via Skype from Toronto, Canada, is our guest, Lisa Gilroy. Fred, tell us about Lisa. Oh, absolutely. This is actually Lisa's return visit to the podcast. She's an actress, comedian. She's the host of Undercover High, which is a series that was up for an international Emmy, as well as YTV's The Zone. And I'll have her briefly tell us a little bit about YTV, but then I want to get into all sorts of other stuff. So welcome back, Lisa. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me, guys. Let's do this. (laughs) She's ready. Well, we know that YTV is one of those, what do they call it, oh, the leading cross-platform entertainment brand for kids and families. What does that mean, Lisa? We obviously host interstitially, so on the commercial breaks, and then The Zone has its own YouTube channel, and uh, I mean, we've got the YTV.com website. We're kind of everywhere. Of course, everybody in Canada knows YTV, but not everybody around the world does. I think, Lisa, when we spoke last time, you said that it's really Canada's equivalent to Nickelodeon. That's right. That's exactly right. Great. And last time we spoke, we talked all about your experience, your audition process, how you got the gig at YTV. So we'll encourage our listeners to go back and listen to that previous episode. What we wanted to talk about this time, Fred, was the other things that Lisa is involved in. So Lisa, I know that two to three days a week during the uh, school season and almost seven days a week during the summer season, you are that gal on the zone, the sort of the after school uh, interstitial stuff that you mentioned. But what do you do when you're not doing the YTV stuff? Well, first of all, when I'm not on air, sometimes I'm writing for The Zone or for YTV's other Sunday program, Big Fun Movies. I do that here and there for temporary contracts at a time, which is really fun. And then when I'm not at YTV at all, I'm doing shows around the city. I'm a part of a sketch troupe called The Sketchersons. We write and perform a weekly show that's called Sunday Night Live every single Sunday at 9 p.m. at the Comedy Bar here in Toronto. So that keeps me busy because every Thursday we have a pitch meeting where we all bring our sketches and we're going to craft a whole new show. So Sunday's entirely rehearsals and putting it up on its feet and then the show is scrapped and then we start again the next week. So that keeps me really busy. And then on top of that, I try to do at least one improv show a week as well. When do you sleep? 
Oh, I'm the napping queen. Don't even worry about it. In two to three minute snippets, you managed to get your four to five hours. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Lisa, this seems to tap into a lot of stuff you mentioned to us before. The courses you took in playwriting and improv and the incredible and maybe not so delicate balance between live audience interaction in a live theater or improv situation or even a live broadcast situation and then the pre-recorded stuff where in fact you get another crack at it if things don't go right the first time. You really seem to have this incredible skill set in the performance arts and it all seems to be coming to a head in Toronto, which has a very vibrant art scene. Have you, uh, in addition to the improv arena or niche, have you been able to exercise any of those other skills that you've trained for over the years? The playwriting, definitely. I took playwriting courses at the University of Alberta and had a few plays produced in different theaters across Edmonton. And that's really come in handy when I'm writing sketch, definitely. Although way less pressure. (laughs) And it's just short five-minute sketches versus a full play or one act. So that's been very helpful. Improv on the stage, I don't know that there's really anything that I've learned that I haven't used. It seems like it all kind of comes together. I've even tried my hand at stand-up a few times, although it's not my favorite because I'm more of like a team player and if I fail, I like to blame it on someone else. Just kidding. In the comedy world, it seems kind of like everything is very similar. And honing your skills in one area really benefits all the other areas. I mean, it's been awesome to experience that. Lisa, here's an interesting question. What is funny? I mean, you're a comedian, so what makes something funny? It's a great question. Relatable is funny. I think we like to see something that we know on stage. I think we like to go like, oh, I hate when that happens. Or like, oh, I know exactly that type of person. Comedy likes to take things from our real lives and then blow them out of proportion. Or my personal favorite kind of joke is like a switch joke. Like I love to write a sketch where in the end you find out that it's actually a mom talking to her daughter instead of, you know what I mean? Like it's just like, Pulling the rug out from underneath the audience is one of my favorite things to do. And something that I find very funny is like the old switcheroo, taken by surprise. I think people like that. And yeah, really just like to see something that we know and be able to laugh at it. Like how cathartic is it to laugh at a sketch about somebody raging in traffic because we do it every day. And now finally we can just make it a ridiculous thing and have fun. I'm identifying with that. (laughs) Good. Um, (laughs) Lisa, you had to relocate across an entire continent in order to get into an arena where you could fully exercise all these skills that you've been describing to us. Can you suggest to people who have had it suggested to them that they need to move somewhere else in order to, if not get ahead, at least change the scenery around them. Is there any advantage to being a new face in town? Totally. I think one of the biggest advantages that I experienced was you just have this opportunity to recreate yourself. You know, those feelings of like intimidation that I experienced maybe in Edmonton, if there was like a comedy show that I wanted to do, but I felt like I didn't have enough experience or maybe that people would judge me based on what they'd seen me do or whatever. I mean, it's kind of awkward to grow up in the place that you grow up and have everybody see everything, especially in a place like Edmonton. You know, you know a lot of people. And so it can be kind of difficult to prove yourself when you're learning. Like, oh, I'm not the same performer I was three years ago. But if somebody saw you perform three years ago, they're like, oh, well, your improv is still at this level kind of thing. So when you come to a new place, you have the opportunity to start from scratch. And that was so great for me because I didn't even know who to be intimidated by. So it was easy to approach other comedians that I saw and say like, hey, can I do your show or can I do a set in your improv competition? It's just this new boldness that comes with the innocence of just not knowing who to be intimidated by or where everybody is on the ladder. You just kind 
kind of show up and you're a fresh face and you can summarize your story in one sentence, which for me was like, yeah, I'm an improviser from Edmonton. For them, they don't need to know like, who did I study with and who did I do shows with and all of that stuff just kind of becomes obsolete. So it's so refreshing just to show up and say, here I am. And then you prove yourself from there. And it's awesome. Well, I would say if you can get up on a stage and do stand-up comedy, you maybe are not all that easily intimidated, Lisa. <laughs> I don't know. It can be pretty intimidating when you see like people on stage that you're like, that's what I want to do. I want it like, oh man, you know, you can just, there's some people that you watch and you just say like, I'm not there yet. And I want to be there. And then that can become kind of an intimidating thing. I definitely get intimidated. Now that we're in this digital age where performers can take uh, a little bit more control of not only what they do, but who sees what they do and distribute that. Have you made use of the internet to get word and image about your skills out there? Uh, you know, that's something that I've been meaning to do more of, but I think for me in that sense, it's always that, you know, kind of idea that perfection is the enemy of creativity because it does seem like such a final thing to put things out there. So I did, I made a podcast, whatever I did, like six episodes and like a tiny season of it. And it was fun just to try it. And I've been meaning to do like some more YouTube stuff and produce some digital content and maybe like put some sketches behind the camera. Um, or in front of the camera, rather. But it's kind of uh, scary because the internet never goes away. So you put something out there and then you want it to be really good. So I think I'm in a place right now where I, I want to be producing more stuff. And I think it's super helpful as well because I had been wanting to do a podcast for a long time. When I finally put it out there, I realized what needed to change. Sitting with it on my laptop for so long, I couldn't tell until I released it out into the world how I could get better. So... Yeah, I want to do some more YouTube stuff, definitely, and some like kind of digital shorts stuff that I just got to get out of my head and start making stuff. What is the Greasy Lisi? Greasy Lisi is my Instagram handle and my Twitter handle and what I called my podcast. It's just, um, that's where I throw up all the news and stuff of what I'm doing. So, I mean, that's a great format for kids to follow me that know me from YTV and we incorporate that Instagram stuff on the show as well. So when it's on air, sometimes we do like... We'll take questions or challenges from kids via Instagram, and then we'll do it on the show. So it's a great crossover because kids are engaging in both the show and our Instagram handles. But yeah, I use Instagram mostly as a place to say like, oh, I'm doing this show. Or I try not to be too like promotional because otherwise it just becomes like a giant commercial. But I think people love to see the behind the scenes stuff if I'm on set because I also do random acting jobs here in the city too and currently working on a web series. When I post stuff that's behind the scenes, I think that engages a lot lot of people and it gets people excited. I've definitely met a few other people in the arts community through that and it's a great way to make connections and network. Lisa, where do you see your career heading from here? Well, I definitely love writing. So getting more involved on the YTV writing and producing side. I also still love teaching from my University of Alberta days and I would love to get more involved in teaching improv in the city, which I've done here and there, but could definitely do more of. And then like the dream of all dreams is to do a sitcom or something. Pilot season just kind of happened and I auditioned for a few big sitcoms, which was really exciting for me and like the first time that I had done that. But that's definitely the dream. If I could choose where the future would go, it would be probably a sitcom in LA. You mentioned previous some of the people who've inspired you, like Tina Fey. Who else inspires you and why as a comedian? I'm really inspired by Mindy Kaling because I 
feel like we have similar backgrounds in comedy. She got started by writing a fringe comedy for the New York Fringe Festival and got picked up from there to write for television. And then her dream was always to have her own TV show, which she does now called The Mindy Project. She inspires me so much because her story is so relatable. I've been exactly there. Like I've produced comedic plays in Edmonton versus New York, which is probably a huge difference in who's going to see it. But her story is just so tangible. It's just such a real thing. And she has all these odds stacked against her. She talks a ton in her books about how she's she's not the ideal like shape or weight or color or whatever that people are looking for. But here she is like crushing it in the comedy scene and she's running her entire show herself and starring in it. And yeah, I just think she's so encouraging. I'll tell you what's encouraging. What's encouraging is the openness and honesty with which you've been sharing what's happened to you and how you feel about it. This has been tremendous, Lisa. And thanks so much for sharing those things that you are sure about and those things that you are less sure about. I think that's what our listeners need to hear. And I think you mentioned it in your first visit, and that is everybody's story is different and unique. You literally create or write your own story as you uh, make your way through the jungle of creative activities that are available to one. If there was only one way to do it, there'd be a book. Everybody do it that way. But your story is unique to you, but taps into the, well, the energy again, I think that you've shared with us. And we're very grateful for you to be with us yet again. Well, thanks so much for having me. I love this podcast because I really do feel like it's so important for all of us creatives to hear it. Even if you're just listening to this podcast right now, you're already on the right track. I know it's annoying because it's like, oh, I just sent in one YouTube video and now I work in TV. But I don't know. If it happened to me, it could happen to you. Thanks for joining us, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.